This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03, Friday afternoon, June 3rd. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rob Hart. It appears the era of expensive energy will be here for quite a while. We'll cover that in our next segment. But right now, the Labor Department's employment report for May tops today's data. Let's break it down with the help of Matt Matigan, CEO of Blue World Asset Managers based in Chicago. You can find the blog at blueworldam.com. Matt, thanks for joining us once again today. When we talked uh, earlier this hour, earlier uh, in the program at uh, 1020 about the uh, uh, payroll report for May from the Labor Department, 390,000 new jobs last month, so says Uncle Sam. Uh, the headline number is good, and some ana- uh, some analysts said uh, there was a lot to like inside that report, but you said uh, there were some, uh, as you called it, uh, hairy numbers in there. So what are, what are some of the uh, uh, data points that gave you some pause? Sure, a little bit more detail. Uh, the, the stuff in there to like... The labor force got a little bigger. The total number of employed people grew a little bit. The not in labor force number declined a little bit and wages advanced at a more reasonable pace. But then when you dig into the detail, uh, our biggest concern with the labor market is that we still have not fully recovered all the jobs, or even all the members of the civilian labor force since before COVID. Now, the March and April totals were revised down by a net 22,000 jobs. And while the headline was at 390, which was a modest beat, the private sector only produced 333,000 new jobs. Now, in context, and you know that we always view this through the lens of the trends as opposed to one report in a vacuum, uh, that 333,000 is 200,000 below the average for the past year. Now, a lot of the major categories like manufacturing and wholesale trade showed big declines from their hiring rates from just a month ago, while others swung fully negative. Uh, Retail, for example, actually lost 61,000 jobs, and the diffusion indexes, which show overall industries, those that are hiring, those that stayed the same, those that lost jobs, those also showed significant declines. So we call this report an okay report. There's no panic in it, uh, but it is solidly mixed in our view. And then very quickly, uh, do you buy the Elon Musk assessment that uh, there's something uh, not good on the way? Absolutely. 
yeah, that that part of what Mr. Musk said, we agreed with uh, the indicators out there. I sometimes reference the Blue World Economic Index, which tracks over 50 of these reports monthly uh, with regard to the day's report, as well as short and longer term trends. And this is definite. We are absolutely advocating caution. Uh, this is the time for defense. Matt Matigan, CEO, Blue World Asset Managers, based in Chicago. You can find his blog, blueworldam.com. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Coming up, why every time you look up, gas prices are even higher. The only program dedicated to currency events. You're listening to the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Well, anyone who's put gas in the tank recently is feeling the pain of record high prices. Let's take a look at the current factors and what lies ahead with Phil Flynn, senior market analyst at the Price Group and a Fox Business News contributor based in Chicago. Phil, thanks for joining us today. Um, Every time you you look up, it appears the price of gas is going up by uh, 20 or even 50 cents a gallon across the Chicago area. And uh, this may be the way of the world for a while. Um, my question for you, though, is is the price of gas that we're paying right now, is it commensurate with current supply and demand trends? Is this um, does the math check out uh, the price we're paying at the pump? Does this actually line up with the amount of gasoline, the amount of oil and uh, the amount of demand across the world? I, you know, I hate to say it does. I mean, if you look at just the oil inventories in, here in the United States, I mean, supplies of gasoline are about 12% below average. Diesel supplies are like 24% below average. And and this is not just a U.S. problem. This is across the world. You know, we've seen underinvestment in oil uh, because of the green energy transition. You know, we, we look back, of course, and we saw the COVID and, you know, people shut down production and thought demand would never come back and it's coming back faster than anticipated now you add this war in the ukraine you know it's this perfect uh confluence of events that's created this situation and the problem is a lot of it could have been avoided you know there were warning signs you know years ago that you know you better be careful with this green energy transition we're not all ready to drive teslas just yet is this a a a drilling for oil issue right now or is this a refining issue right now because i've seen a couple of uh, numbers that indicate that uh, our refining capacity today is five percent below what it was in 2019 it was it, it is a refining issue to a large degree and that refining issue can also be caused in part by this green energy transition uh there was a refinery that was up for sale people are saying you know we're getting out of the business because we're going to hit with too many regulations but anybody can come in and you know uh step in and t- pick up the mantle but nobody will right even though the refining business is about as profitable today as it ever has been in history but Guess what? You know, when you have this green energy transition, you're hearing from the White House, you better not invest in fossil fuels. You're wasting your money. People are staying away. And that's why that refining capacity is coming down. Is it easier to turn on a refinery, though, as opposed to uh, get all of the gear and equipment together to uh, explore and then drill for oil? 
I think it, well, at this point in the U.S., it is, you know, depending on whether or not they started to scrap the refinery, right? Some of these refineries, they've taken the equipment out, they've sold it for scrap, you know, like you would an old ship, right? Uh, There are some refineries right now that could be brought online fairly quickly, I'd say one or two of them, Um, and, uh, but it's going to take a commitment, you know? the one thing I do know is that Chevron CEO was interviewed today, and he said he he doesn't expect ever to see a new refinery built in the United States. And that's an ominous statement, considering the fact that we, you know, even with the most optimistic estimates, we're going to be driving the you know the internal combustion engine for at least the next fifty years. It's interesting. We've I remember Phil, you and I having this con- this very same conversation ten years ago uh, when the price of oil was comfortably over a hundred dollars a barrel and gas was shooting towards four dollars a gallon. And then within two years of twenty twelve, uh, the shale oil revolution took place. And then all of a sudden there was a massive price war across the entire globe, which led to cheap gas uh, up to and through the pandemic. So you never know what innovations are lurking around the corner that could uh, bring narratives to a screeching halt. I think you're right. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And you know what? And you look at that shell revolution, that was a historic event and it changed the world, right? And, you know, for years we were worried about peak oil, the world running out of oil. We were worried about being dependent on OPEC. And and the U.S. energy industry changed that, right? You know, uh, they built a better mousetrap, right? And it changed the world. So to me, that's why it's so crazy that we've stepped away from that the last couple of years. It doesn't make any sense. And because of that short-sighted thinking, uh, this is one of the reasons we're in this energy mess that we're in today. Phil Flynn, Senior Market Analyst with The Price Group, Fox Business News contributor. Always fun to talk to you, Phil. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Coming up next, the Chicago suburbs will be the home to a new high-tech Walmart order fulfillment center. Loaning useful information each weekday. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Walmart has a plan to ship its online orders more quickly, and it involves a new facility in Joliet. Let's get the details from Jennifer Waters, Chicago-based business writer. Jennifer, thanks for joining us today. And it sounds like when it comes to this particular uh, Walmart warehouse in the southwest suburbs, uh, just based on the technology alone, it sounds like efficiency and employee productivity are the name of the game. Uh, you, you hit it right on the, the nail right on the head there. That is exactly what it is. But it's also employee productivity and then also less hardship on employees, too, because these these warehouses and this is the ones that they're starting in they're building for these. They're next generation warehouses, meaning they're automated. They use people, but they use a lot of robotics in it as well. And they're huge. They're, I mean, they're like million, 1.1 million square feet is the size of the one in Joliet, and it's every inch. They use every single inch, floor to ceiling, because of all the, you know, inventory that they have. But, yeah, but, you know, so in the old days, meaning, you know, four or five years ago, employees would be like running some nine miles is what the, was what Walmart was saying. They'd have to run around just to pick up, you know, take items off the shelf, put them in a box, pack them away and ship them off to you. But now they've got so much robotics 
involved in that. And this is really a next generation center, as I said. And this is interesting uh, that Walmart is uh, scaling up or at the very least retooling its uh, warehouse operations, seeing as uh, Amazon kind of realized that maybe they uh, overextended themselves in terms of uh, their warehouse footprint. Uh, They built a lot or made plans to build more uh, during the pandemic and then watched that demand kind of uh, drift out to sea again. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, you know, during the pandemic, I mean, as as you probably know, trying to get toilet paper and, you know, groceries, uh, you know, the whole the whole shopping experience changed. Everything went to e-commerce and these stores are really caught, uh, you know, without enough people and enough uh, places, you know, warehouse warehouses to, you know, pull the inventory out of. So they really did, you know, put fast forward everything, Amazon in particular, Walmart, you know, has had what what Amazon doesn't have that Walmart has is 4,700 U.S. stores. So Walmart was able to change big, big chunks of their stores into fulfillment centers themselves. And so they took people out of, say, you know, the jewelry department and put them into fulfillment jobs just to kind of keep orders going during the pandemic. Well, obviously, they found out during that time that they do need to be better automated. And so that's what this next generation center is about. But it's also about this growing demand on e-commerce and this growing demand for same day or two day delivery. And Walmart's able to do that because of these fulfillment centers and because they're using the 4,700 U.S. stores that they say puts them within 10 miles of 90 percent of the of the U.S. population. Jennifer Waters, Chicago-based business writer, thanks for joining us this afternoon. Still ahead in Entrepreneur Friday, a local company with a cream liqueur that caters to the vegan crowd. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Chicago's all-news station. News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. The May jobs report is out, and many economists say it's a promising sign as U.S. employers created nearly 400,000 jobs. This is Bernie Tafoya. The head of the U.S. Postal Service visits Chicago, which has had years of complaints about spotty service. In Entrepreneur Friday, we'll tell you about a dairy-free, gluten-free, and vegan cream liqueur made by a company in Chicago, and Chicago headquartered Hickory Farms extending its reach through pop-up and mall locations. WBBM Business, the markets are lower, the Dow is down 283 points, the Nasdaq is down 294, and the S&P 500 is down 62. AccuWeather says, mostly sunny and pleasant today, becoming breezy at a high near 80. We have 78 degrees right now, with mostly sunny skies at 1231. Topping our news at the half hour, President Biden praised a positive jobs report for May. Nearly 400,000 jobs were added Added by U.S. employers last month. We learned that in May the economy added 390,000 new jobs 
bringing the total since I took office to 8.7 million new jobs. Last month's hiring exceeded economists' expeditions that employers would add 325,000 jobs. The head of the U.S. Postal Service was in town yesterday to talk to local postal officials about improving service. The story from WBBM's Bernie Tafoya. For years, the Postal Service has taken hits as people in many neighborhoods in Chicago have complained of not getting mail for weeks at a time or having spotty mail delivery. The visit by Postmaster General Louis DeJoy was to push the USPS's Delivering for America plan, a 10-year plan to boost service. The plan was announced in March of last year. In a statement, DeJoy says the Postal Service is focused on improving mail and package delivery service in Chicago and around the country. Bernie Tafoya, 105.9 WBBM. It's 1232 on the noon business hour. Markets are trading sharply lower today. We're joined by Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast newsletter based in Hammond. Chuck, thanks for joining us today. You know, uh, you know you've been doing this show for a good long time when you see the uh, headline employment number at 730 on a Friday morning and your first thought is, well, markets are going down uh, because investors uh, don't like the idea of uh, of the uh, interest rate schedule uh, that's that the Fed is now going to stick to because the uh, the job market is still fairly robust and healthy. But uh, do you buy or, or do, do you think uh, traders at large are also buying the uh, Elon Musk assessment that uh, dark clouds are on the horizon? Well, you know, it, it, Musk isn't the only person who has said that. Well, J- Jimmy Diamond that, uh, was the other guy who said it too. Correct. And, and you know, there's... Um, out in in Silicon Valley, some of the tech areas, you know, where you know we have this jobs report that showed a lot of of strength. Uh, you're hearing words such as you know we're we're slowing down hiring, we're actually going to be trimming. So you know there's a there is a feeling that yes, while this report was good, it also was showing what has happened, and maybe not what is going to be coming forward in terms of. Uh, the jobs environment. I think that's partly what the, uh, the the market is weighing today. Is that uh, you know are we going to start to see kind of a slowdown in in the jobs market? And obviously, it's weighing today too. It's that you know this news isn't going to change the Fed's trajectory in terms of its ability. They still need to probably aggressively raise interest rates. And then when it comes to uh, the remainder of the afternoon, uh, it, there were some uh, the makings of a rally uh, shortly before 12 o'clock, but uh, they seem to have uh, given back uh, uh, most of those gains from the 11 o'clock hour. Uh, is there some room to run for today, or is that, lo- that, that uh, sense of trepidation, uh, will that continue for the rest of today and possibly into next week? Yeah, you know, if if we were talking and it was a Wednesday, maybe you might see a little strength. But, you know, uh, traders are, are opt to be a bit more cautious in terms of taking positions into a weekend uh, that, you know, you, you can have some news and, and, uh, and volatile markets in general. So, uh, you know, we, hey, this is a market where we have seen pretty big swings in a very short period of time. I mean, in minutes. So I'm not discounting. The possibility, but I would be a little bit surprised uh, if we had a big, uh, a big uh, rally in the second half of the day today.
On the inflation-fighting front, uh, one interesting uh, data point was that uh, wages were still higher, but uh, the rate of increase uh, was down uh, just a tick uh, compared to April, and uh, probably uh, lending some credence to the theory that uh, we're not heading for a wage price cycle, uh, wage price uh, uh, cycle, and uh, or spiral, I should say, and that uh, a little bit of uh, inflationary pressure is uh, no longer there. Yeah, we'll see. I, I, you know, to me, the, the biggest impact on, on the markets uh, is really wage inflation. And I've, I've always maintained if you see wage inflation north of 5%, that's, that's a real downer for, for the stock market in general. You're right. The, the wage report was a tad better this time in terms of the slowdown in growth. Uh, but I kind of need to see that happen a few more quarters before, or at least a few more months before I would uh, become, you know, overly positive on the wage environment. I still think that's a that's a significant pressure that's in there from an inflationary standpoint and one that the market is still uncomfortable with. Just how last year uh, there was a big debate between uh, Team Sticky and Team Transitory when it came to inflation. Uh, <laughs> there seems to be a divide between uh, Team Recession and Team Soft Landing. And uh, Team Soft Landing was doing a couple of victory laps today, uh, just looking at the sheer amount of uh, job openings that exist and uh, the robust level of consumer spending. Some people see dark clouds, others believe it's just an illusion where do you fall well we generally let the market kind of tell the tell the tale and 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 as opposed to kind of guessing at what might be happening here we're going to let the the averages kind of tell us and that's really the story of the down the dow theory and what the dow industrials and transports going to tell us if in fact you know it 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 is team transitory that's going to win out then at some point you're going to see um, you know, the major indices hold their previous low points. And in the industrials and in the Dow transports, those lows are the May 19th lows. So, you know, at some point, a market that is bottoming has to stop going to lower lows and hasn't done that yet. So we'll see if, if in fact, you know, uh, Team Transitory is going to win out, then uh, those May 19th lows need to hold, and we'll see if that happens or not. Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast Newsletter based in Hammond, Indiana. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Coming up next in Entrepreneur Friday, we meet the co-founder of a Chicago company with a cream liqueur that skips the dairy. Compounding your interest with an economy of words, this is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's Entrepreneur Friday, and this afternoon we're delving into an area we haven't really explored before, and that is a dairy-free, gluten-free, and vegan cream liqueur. We welcome in Paul Earle, co-founder of Dottie Mae's Oak Milk Cream Liqueur, based in Chicago. Paul, thanks for joining us today. And uh, as we say every now and then, it's 5 o'clock somewhere, even though it's uh, 1241 in the afternoon. It's also a Friday afternoon, so maybe if you're knocking off early, uh, you could take advantage of your product. Um, what got you into this? You're a serial entrepreneur. Um, are, are you vegan yourself? And did you feel that you needed to uh, create a product that allowed you to uh, um, enjoy something like a Bailey's Irish cream and also uh, stay ideologically consistent? Well, first of all, happy to be on. Hello. Happy Friday. It is indeed five o'clock somewhere. Uh, I think maybe in uh, Iceland it's five o'clock. So <laughs> let's get, get them some dotties. Uh, so uh, I am not vegan myself. Um, I, like uh, millions and millions of Americans, however, am 
kind of on the journey towards uh, better uh, diet choices. And, um, you know, life is not about extremes. It's about, uh, it's about small changes towards something better. Um, and so my business partner and I, Kevin Burke, a, a fantastic um, uh, also entrepreneur and beverages expert, uh, created uh, Dotties, which is, uh, uh, we believe, the first ever oat milk-based cream liqueur using American whiskey. Um, it's absolutely delicious, first and foremost, and I, I, I will say that again. It's absolutely delicious. Um, it's also made with oat milk instead of dairy and American whiskey instead of Irish whiskey. Uh, we launched in the Chicago area um, a few months ago, and we're off to a great start. It's been a, been a blast. What was your uh, research and development process? Uh, well, it involved uh, tasting some whiskey, so I don't remember any of it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, the, um, well, first of all, we know generally that, uh, that consumers today are looking for better options, um, whether it's oat milk uh, uh, instead of uh, regular milk. Um, regardless of the category, we're seeing this all through the store in both uh, spirits and food alike, and also in categories like personal care, um, even shampoo. Yeah, people are looking for contemporary, modern products that are evolved improvements on the incumbent products out there. So uh, as we were looking at the cream liqueur space, we just thought, hey, you know, there should be something that doesn't involve dairy. And how about American whiskey? We, we all like Irish whiskey, uh, but we like American whiskey too. Let's do something different. And uh, the American whiskey that uh, is in this cream liqueur, are you going uh, bourbon? Are you going more of a, a Tennessee whiskey style? Uh, what was your, uh, where'd you land? It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's, it's neither. It's a blend of a number of different um, really high-quality whiskeys, and it adds a, a really nice element to, to a delicious spirit. So, um, so we, we think you'll like it, and, um, and it, like I said earlier, the, the uh, performance so far has been terrific. And then what kind of distribution do you have, uh, not only in the Chicago area, but possibly nationwide? So we're only in Chicago for now, and that is by design. It's a, it's a test market to see how it goes. Um, we are in over 100 locations in the Chicago area, including most of the Binnies. Uh, so a, a quick shout-out to Binnies. They've been an awesome partner um, uh, for us and with us. So, um, so we're in uh, over 100 stores. We're also at a number of great um, bars and restaurants like Summer House, Royal Grocer, Edie's Cafe, Moe's Cantina, Billy Sunday, uh, a number of butter, buttermilk locations around Chicago. So um, it's out there. You can find it um, if you look for it. You can also go to uh, dot, uh, drinkdotties.com. That's D-R-I-N-K-D-O-T-T-I-E-S.com uh, for more information about this. Paul Earle, co-founder of Dottie May's Oat Milk Cream Liqueur, based in Chicago. Thanks for joining us this afternoon on Entrepreneur Friday. And still to come, a local gift food business is undergoing a major expansion. It's the WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Chicago-based food gift retailer Hickory Farms has big plans for the future. Let's learn about it from Judy Ransford, who is the CEO of Hickory Farms based in Chicago. Judy, thanks for joining us this afternoon. Uh, when I say and when I hear Hickory Farms, I'm transported back to college because uh, that was a good gift to both give uh, if you were at the shopping mall in a panic on December 23rd and uh, to 
receive around holiday time. The big basket full of summer sausage and mustard and cheddar cheese. Uh, it was a great dorm room dorm room eaten way back when. Um, how has the uh, how has the brand evolved and the product evolved, especially uh, since a lot of shopping traffic is moving out of malls, which is where uh, Hickory Farms used to rule the roost. Yeah, that's a great question. We've uh, changed a lot over the years, and I've actually been um, at Hickory Farms since 2016. And in the time um, that I've been there, we've really had a major transformation. And we've gone from uh, brick and mortar being our biggest source of uh, profit in the company to really flip that. Now e-commerce is the, the leading channel. Although you can still buy Hickory Farms in our holiday stores at, during the holiday season um, in brick and mortar um, as well as online. Do you have a, a lot of, it sounds like you have uh, pop-up stores that now show up during holiday time uh, uh, to serve people who want to you know, purchase those gift baskets in person, and then uh, the bulk of the business is sending uh, food gift baskets you know, across the country to uh, uh, relatives or clients or friends in some distant state? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, one of the big changes that has happened uh, over the years at Hickory Farms is that we've, as, as you pointed out, we're really um, known for our holiday gifting, um, but we've expanded the product quite a bit in recent years. And believe it or not, this is actually one of our busiest seasons. Father's Day is um, our second most popular gifting holiday. And so we're kind of right in the middle of a, of a mini peak holiday right now online. Um, but you're right, during the Christmas holiday season, we open um, pop-up stores. It used to be that our pop-up stores were almost all in malls, um, so those kiosks that you're used to seeing in the center of malls. And in the last couple of years, we've transitioned that quite a bit, and we have um, actually more of our stores now in what we're calling the off-mall format. So here in the Chicago area, um, one example is out in Lombard at the Finley Square Shopping Center um, at Butterfield and Finley is a place where we open up um, a holiday store in October through December, and that pops up in a, in a location um, between the Michaels and the Bed Bath & Beyond out there in Lombard. And uh, d does uh, summer sausage still uh, pay the freight very quickly, or are there other uh, offerings that are equally as popular? Well, it does. We're certainly known for our summer sausage. And, um, you know, I'll be the first to say I think we've got the best summer sausage around. So our charcuterie-based boxes with summer sausage, cheeses, mustards, crackers um, are still the top seller. Gifts with wine are a huge growth category for us, though. We've done a couple acquisitions over the last few years, and one of them was a company called California Delicious. And through purchasing California Delicious, which is a San Francisco Bay Area-based company, we've really expanded, and, and Gifts with Wine is now one of our biggest categories. Another acquisition that we did um, just last year is a company called Wicked Good Cupcakes, which is a really exciting brand. They're actually a Shark Tank company. Um, they're a favorite of Kevin O'Leary's. If you're a fan of the show, you're probably very familiar with Wicked Good Cupcakes. And so now we sell cupcakes as part of our portfolio. And then we also offer Wicked Good Cupcakes um, on their website, wickedgoodcupcakes.com, and are continuing to grow and expand that brand. Also pairing cupcakes with our wine. So 
you know, using that product portfolio to give our customers more options. Judy Ransford, CEO of Hickory Farms, based in Chicago. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.